Hi everyone, welcome to Melinda in Miami, where we talk all about common sexual issues and how to work through them. This week is all about having sex with strangers and having sex with your friends. So I want to start this episode off by saying a friendship can feel a lot like an intimate partner sexual relationship. And why why is that? Because so much of us give to our friendships just as much as we give to our partner relationships. We develop trust. We give trust to them. We feel trust from them. There's a lot of respect, a lot of fun being had, a lot of intimate moments, and a lot of bonding through tough times. And this can feel very similar to a partner relationship. The only thing that's really different is the sexual aspect, having that sexual attraction to them, whether you're having sex with them or you're not. So a lot of people find themselves developing sexual feelings for their friends, or they find themselves randomly out of the blue in bed with their friends. And before we get to this place with our friends, I want you to take a step back and look at what does, what does this mean? So if we're thinking in our head that, hmm, you know, I'm really horny or I think I might have a little too much to drink and have sex with my friend. Well, before we get to this place and actually in the act, I would recommend having a conversation first about, hey, if we're going to transform our friendship into a friendship plus benefits, what does that look like? What are the boundaries around having sex with other people or going on dates with other people or even just looking for other people that we could be attracted to? So really having that conversation. Also, bring up the point is what does sex mean for you? Because one person in the relationship may think, well, sex for me right now at my life It's just a physical act. It's just a physical act where I get to have an orgasm and feel really good. But for the other person right then in their life, it may be something very romantic, something very special. And then now you have two friends who have very different aspects of what sex is. And if you have sex with them, that is definitely going to come into your friendship post-hookup. So these are really good things to talk about before. Now, what do we do if we wake up the next day and we're like, oh my gosh, I just had sex with my friend. <laughs> what, what is this going to do for my friendship? Well, we can never take anything that we've already done. We can never take it back. You know, we've added in this intimate time and maybe some stuff came up. Maybe we learned a few new things about our friend that turned us on or maybe really turned us off. So to leave you with a few tips, before you have sex with your friend, talk to them. And these are the points you really want to hit on. One, what does sex mean to you? If you are on completely different pages of what sex means to you, this could create a lot of conflict and tension going forward post hookup. So talk about that. Two, what is dating going to look like for both of you after? Are you going to date each other? Are you going to be able to still freely date other people and sleep with other people? These are all options, 
But if you have this communication, it's going to make a much more smooth transition post hookup. And are you going to sleep with each other again? Is this going to be a one-time thing? Or, hey, maybe this is going to be a time when I'm feeling a little lonely and a little horny. Mm, Let me call my friend. But if we set up these boundaries before having sex with our friends, it can be less messy. Because I will tell you, having sex with your friends does create a lot of risk for what the friendship will look like post-hookup. Because it doesn't go away. Whatever we do then comes into the next part of our life. So we can't ever pretend that it didn't happen and the dynamic of your friendship will change. So outside of having sex with their friends, it is very common for people to want to hook up with a stranger. And no, this is not only men. Ladies also want to have a hookup every once in a while. And that's completely okay. So how can we prepare ourselves for having that one night hookup? Maybe you meet somebody out. So there's a couple ways, emotional and physical. Let's look at the emotional first. Knowing that we're having sex with a stranger, there's no expectations going into this. There isn't that communication first. So a lot of things can come up for both men and women. You know, maybe you're not feeling as safe and secure with that person as you have with in the past with previous partners that you've had a connection or a bond with. So knowing that components that you've had in your previous sex life may not be there when you're having sex with a stranger. This person's a stranger. They don't know what you like. They don't know also where some of your triggers are. So if there are parts of your body that you don't want touched, This stranger doesn't know that. So these are also some of the risks that can create a lot of anxiety in us while having sex with a stranger. So knowing I'm going to go have sex with this person, this person doesn't know anything about me. They don't know what I like. They don't know what makes me anxious. They don't know what is a trigger for me. So emotionally preparing yourself for anything can happen. On the physical side, Use protection, especially with a stranger. We do not know what that other person has. So using condoms or using a dental dam, bring them with you. It doesn't matter who provides them, the man or the woman, but they need to be used. Because again, we don't know the stranger and sometimes how can we always trust that the stranger is telling us the truth about their STI report? So instead of having a guest on the show, I've decided to bring on my assistant, Shawnee Mick. Hey, everybody. And we're going to talk to you about two topics, having sex with strangers and having sex with your best friends. (laughs) Very very opposite ends of the spectrum there. (laughs) But both can get kind of messy. So I want to start out with talking about having sex with strangers. So when a lot of us are single we are still very, very horny. And even though we engage in masturbation, hey, there are the sometimes that you want to meet somebody and have a one night stand or have sex that night. And that is okay. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's where you are at that time, go for it. Just always remember to be safe, to bring condoms. You know, If you're using lube and condoms, make sure you're using water-based lube. If you use oil-based lube, it can actually interrupt some of the spermicide on the condom. Oh, that's no good. Right. So make sure you go for water-based lube. Kill kill the spermies. Number one priority. (laughs) If you're not trying to get pregnant. 
All right. So having that put aside, maybe pack for the night, put some condoms in your purse. You know, women can carry condoms too. too. Not the half, not the half used one. Keep that at home. Yeah, we have heard Sean's story. <laughs> Sean likes to I switch have an his opinion. lube. I have an opinion on lube. Between each new bottles, yeah, new bottles. And that's up for everyone to decide how they want to handle that. <laughs> but what do you think about women carrying condoms in their purse? Do you think that that sends Ooh, that's a, a message or has like stigma? Tell me, you think it's a power move? I would think so. Yeah. I, uh, uh, no, I mean probably. Say, like, oh, I know she knew what she wanted tonight, but. <laughs> Does it? What message? Maybe I was do you just like, I'm the lucky one. I think you're right. I think it does um, send a female power move because if a woman wants to have sex, it is also her responsibility, just as much of her partner's responsibility, to be safe about it. But so why so many times when we have these one night stands, are we not orgasming or having um, as many orgasms maybe as we had the previous time, whether with a partner or by ourselves? Do you have any ideas? Probably comfort level, right? I'd imagine. And condoms, by the way, are way safer in a purse than in a wallet. The longevity, they're probably better off in a purse. I think we should make that. I think we should move towards that. That's a good point. And Less wallets, more purses. Check that expiration date, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, so you think, I like how you bring up that. It's like a I would say comfort, power. yeah. But well, what, is the, what do you mean comfort? I feel like you're more likely to orgasm with somebody that you're, you know, intimately comfortable with than you know brand new though that's fun exciting as well i feel like you're hitting it right on the head there because as many of my listeners know sex is always between the ears sex is between your ears yes it is a physical experience that we have but what controls our orgasm our brain i i'd argue that sometimes i don't know if i have a choice every once in a while (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I get where you're coming from. I when get you, where you're coming from. When do you feel that this, when you don't have a choice sometimes? It's usually when the girl's doing their best work. So for you, <laughs> it's always with a female, okay? And But sex is very much between our brains. So at that moment, you must feel fairly comfortable. Yeah, of course. So if we're out there and, you know, this is the first time we're having sex with somebody, um... We may be thinking more in our heads. We may be more worried about our body or who this person is or what's going to happen. Our safety level may be going up. Our body may be more on high alert. Just because if we don't know our surroundings, we can feel a little bit more anxious. And we know anxiety definitely interrupts our orgasm. Mm. Keep going. Okay. Hold on. Reset. That's good. Just keep going. I don't know what else to say. I wasn't really prepared. Just keep having the conversation. So now, now, now you've, you've, you've established this. Now talk about why somebody might only want to have sex with a stranger. Who only wants to have sex with a stranger? Or we could lead the fact that you're more comfortable, the, the fact that you're more likely to have a better orgasm with Somebody you know, why you're, well, you why you would find yourself having sex with your friend. No, but I'm well, saying we'll you transition there. that. We'll get there. Yeah, as, we'll get there. More but I want you to cover now the other side of the coin, which is people that have the fetish of they want to go to a bar mm. and have sex. Fetish? Or they, they, that's what they like. 
They don't want to have sex with people that they know. They only want to have sex with strangers. And why we have um, um, systems like um, Ashley Madison, um, why we have systems like like the even Tinder, where Tinder is just telling you where the person is in the bar. Talk about that. What? <laughs> Shots like, is it telling me now where they are in the bar? <laughs> Go ahead. Talk about that. Talk about people that that really enjoy that aspect and actually get off on that. Okay, so Sean, you brought up the idea of comfort. And we were kind of talking about how, you know, finding comfort in people that we're familiar with and people that we know versus maybe just that one night stand. But some people actually find comfort in having sex with somebody they don't know. We're all a little bit different. That doesn't surprise me. And it's actually, some of us can have both of that in us as well. Like maybe having comfort with somebody that we do know while also having comfort with somebody that we don't know. So if you bring up some of the things that are very popular, like looking at the Ashley Madison website. So stereotypically speaking, on that site you have married men who are having sex with women who are single most, most of the time. Kind of speaking in a normative term right now. But oftentimes those women, and I have had multiple clients who are engaging in the Ashley Madison webs, website, you know, I'm really talking to them about like, what what's attracting you to this relationship dynamic? And one of the things that I really hear coming up a lot from the female side is, well, I feel I have a lot going on in my life. I have a career, I have my family going on. But also, I'm looking for that one person to just come in, in that moment, give me what I need, and I don't want to commit. So whether there's previous hurt or previous trauma equaling the fear in that moment of committing, or just the ability of saying, you know, I don't want to have this commitment. I'm finding sexual pleasure and the emotional comfort of having sex with people I don't know. Now this creates a big problem with one more with Ashley Madison, right? Because it's also working with somebody, having sex with somebody who is in a committed relationship. That's probably the... the that might be the, the attraction to it is they kind of know their, their partner has something else going on, something else that, you know, isn't going to allow them to to want to try to stray and create something more than than what they're aiming for well the ashley madison website offers that security to stereotypically speaking the, the woman right it's designed to have a culture to it that this relationship is this dynamic this relationship is founded on possibly a lunch or dinner and this intercourse that is what the relationship here are the boundaries you know we talk we talk a lot about communication and starting a relationship well this website kind of brings the people who are looking for similar boundaries to the same place you know a lot of people also argue that tinder brings this too you know what's the culture around tinder now we each have our relation to tinder but looking at it from a bigger picture tinder has this culture of you know messaging someone in that evening, meeting up with them, having sex or what, whatever at that moment, and then moving forward. What, what's your idea, like the culture of Tinder? 
I feel like it's an interesting world right now uh, with COVID going on. I think there's a lot of hesitation for people to meet up. Maybe not. Uh, you know, there might be some judgment if one of the, one of the one of the matches wants to meet up and the person's hesitant. There's probably there's probably a weird dynamic I'd imagine going on right now with online dating. There's so many more people probably partaking in it because um, you know they're not getting that that social satisfaction. Do you think more people then are engaging on Tinder to meet up with that person for that night? Do you think it has a long-term relationship look for it? Or is are people reaching out for that evening? Or day? I would, I would say, I, I guess Tinder, Tinder, I guess, compared to some of the other dating apps, is probably more geared towards the, the you know, short-term relationship, if you will. I don't know, I would think there's other ones out there that are more for, like, finding a relationship versus finding finding a hookup. So that, so Tinder definitely posits that you have to be very upfront with what you're looking for. Because if you are on Tinder and you're looking for a long-term relationship, that is something that definitely should be brought up. Hmm? Because you could yeah. also go on Tinder for what you're saying and just be on Tinder for that night. Yeah, and then when you get the, the, the signals crossed and your know, feelings get hurt and you know, people, how would, people you, would be upset. How would you assume that? Like, if you were to go on Tinder and match, so Sean here is interested in women, so if you were to go on Tinder and match with a woman, would you assume that she was in it for long term? Would you assume it was short term? Or what would you assume that that person was looking for? Um... I would say girls are pretty good at putting um, their their opinion on their bios of what they're looking for. I feel like they use those pretty well in saying. And what's your I th- response? I would I would say most of the time you would see like not looking for a hookup. Um, I don't think I've ever come across one that blatantly was like I just want to hook up. They probably get a lot of a lot of. <laughs> A so, lot of suitors, if they made that <laughs> so obvious. Oh, okay. But so if you, when you see um, a bio that says, uh, not in for hookup, what is your male response to that? I, I would imagine it's probably what, wherever that guy is in life, you know, if they're, if they're looking for a relationship, that's probably a positive. Um, if they're looking for a hookup, I'd imagine they're probably still going to swipe right if they're attracted to the girl. I don't think it's really going to stop them from, from you know, seeing if, it, if it's a match. You're right, though. Like, when you say it depends where we are in the moment of our life, because we can change. Sometimes we are just looking for that night, and sometimes we, we shift our mind to looking for something else. You know, then we also can get into some muddy territory when we start sleeping with our best friend. Oof. Or one of our friends in the group. So you say oof. Like, what comes to your mind first? College. <laughs> Personal experiences, <laughs> no. Um, you, the friend, the friend, the friend, uh, the friend group dynamic post-breakup's always, always fun. It's, it's, it's like great before, like during, and not right after, I would say, with the friend dating. So oftentimes, not ending well is what I'm hearing you say. Well, if, if you feel like if you share friends, then you're kind of more forced to see the person more than you probably want to. But there are so many reasons that we would want to sleep with our best friend. Yeah, I mean, you guys are friends for a reason to begin with. 
There's it's comfort. Like, you guys are comfort comfortable with each other as we as you discussed earlier. Yes, and as we know, sex is between the ears. So, you know, if you're very vulnerable with this friend, right? You know, we usually go to our friends when we're um in a time of need. We go to our friends when we're feeling happy to hang out. So you build such strong relationships with a friend that it can be very easy then to switch into this sexual place and then also still maintaining maintaining the friendship when we have these two roles then sometimes we become really confused Mm. you know because we know what the friend role means for us between that person but once you start sleeping with them now these roles are starting to blur definitely definitely and it, I guess it would, I mean, naturally would you would think you'd kind of move towards a certain direction, but maybe if one person's not, not thinking that, that could. So thinking about like questions that could rise. So are you still then able to look for other people while you're with your friend? <laughs> like blatantly in front of that person? I, I, I don't <laughs> know. I feel like there's definitely an unwritten rule there. Uh, if you, if you've slept with somebody and and I'll kind of let you know, personal judgment come up. It's a certain amount of time, you're probably not going to immediately go f- be flirting with somebody else, you know, the day after, if you will. I, don't, I guess it depends on depends on the people and the conversation they have and what's understood with them. But I guess in general, yes. right? Like, Well, it can create a lot of then mistrust. So, you know, you have your friendship roles. These are very strong. There's a lot of trust, a lot of safety factors. Once you start sleeping with them and then you go on with your daily life of maybe I'm going to date, maybe I'm going to be on Tinder or flirt with somebody at the coffee shop and you're in front of that person, now there can be some hurt. Definitely. And that will carry then back over into the friendship. Mm -hmm. And that's oftentimes then how the friendship becomes muddy or the friendship then, you know, we carry that hurt into the friendship role and then we can lose some mistrust and there does need to be some repair with that. But, you know, if you do start having feelings for your friend, maybe before even jumping into the sexual relationship with them, thinking about how the dynamic would change, what you're looking for after that sexual act. That's a great point. Definitely great. Great point. Gonna put gonna put some type of strain on the on the long term friendship. So you gotta 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 weigh out where your where your where your head's at. Okay, Sean. So let's play out a scenario. All right. You have your best friend. You start sleeping with your best friend, but you're looking for a relationship. Whatever that relationship looks like to you, but a monogamous relationship. So what do we do at that point? Because we're sleeping with our best friend, but now we're entering a monogamous relationship with the person that we're choosing to have this intimate emotional relationship with. In my opinion, that point, you have to talk to your best friend and sleeping together. But right now, you have to end that part of the dynamic that has been created. So that is an ending. So you're saying starting a relationship with somebody other than your best friend that you're sleeping with. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then we have to, if we're entering this monogamous relationship, then we have to end sleeping with our best friend. But now we kind of have to grieve where this relationship, this friendship has gone. 
And both people have to be in that same place to let that part of the friendship go. Definitely. And I think if the if the two people were kind of on the same page the whole time, this this wouldn't be an issue. Realistically, that's probably not how it how it plays out in real life, I'd imagine. It's hard to be on these same pages when we were on the page of being friends. Yeah. You know, one may be hoping that it was going to turn into a relationship. One may be just seeking comfort in that best friend. Maybe just seeking, like, the physical pleasure from each other. You know, like we talked about with sex being between the ears. You, we, sometimes we just look for comfort and having sex with someone that's comfortable to us. So as we go forward, there is an ending then. It's going to be a sticky one, I'd imagine. All right? It depends how good of friends you are. Uh-huh. So it really, for you, you're saying it depends how strong the friendship is. Yeah, and, and again, where, where the people's heads were at. Were, were you both just, you know, right now is great, or was one looking, you know, has that f- that friendship been so strong because the one, you know, was always kind of waiting for uh, for their opportunity to maybe be more than friends? I, I guess it really always comes down to that there's, you know, two or more people involved in in this and everybody kind of has their their mindset of where they thought it was going so if they if they were both on you know this is right now we're we're both home for summer we're going back to school you know i got i'm starting a new job in six months and across the country and you know there's a timeline to this it's probably a little easier than no, you're right. That's when we enter it knowing the final the final outcome. But as a society, we like to put people into roles. We like to know people's roles. If you look right now, we're really into gender roles, right? And right now, as a society, we're really looking at expanding them because they, they should be. But we look at a friendship role, a partner role. And then when we mix these roles, our brains can become really confused and our emotions then follow that. Okay, so going back over, let's start from the beginning. Having sex with strangers. This is completely an acceptable thing, but know where you are, right? You are the one in the sexual act. Your brain is fully there. So knowing where you are emotionally, is this what you're looking for? Knowing that I am choosing to be in this and knowing that if it's just a one night stand, what are my expectations for this? And are my expectations realistic? Anything to add to sleeping with strangers, Sean? Keep it safe. I like that. Safe. I like that. If you're if you're a girl, um, you know, let somebody know where you're going, who you're with. That's a really good. And point. a guy, I guess, as well. You know, where we can. <laughs> Always let somebody know where Always. you're going. Regardless. Yeah. And sleeping with your best friend really can bring up a lot of challenges. You know, you will get into this different role balance and when you do decide to date, if it's not that person, there will be an ending and a grieving process into that friendship. And sometimes it's hard for both of you to be on the same page through that muddy process. So always think about before we engage in this, what, how is this going to change my friendship? And if the friendship is really important to me and this is what um, I want to keep comfort and I rely on and this is my safety factor well how can I possibly hurt this friend in the future you know really thinking about that 
Thank you so much for listening to us today talk all about having sex with strangers and having sex with your friends. Next week, we're diving into penis size. So send us your questions, whether having sex with a large penis versus a small penis, or maybe some insecurities you have about your penis. We would love to hear it and we'd love to give you feedback. So send them in to Melinda's mailbag. You can DM me on Instagram at therapywithmelinda or send me an email. The link to my website will be in the bio. Until next week, I'm Melinda DeSetta. Go out and have great sex.